Would you turn with me this morning to Scripture in the book of James? And uh, as Phyllis was saying, we we do have services on uh, 7.30 Friday evenings. And we've been teaching a series there from the beginning of uh, our services called Truth or Tradition. And uh, I believe it's significant. I believe we're talking about the foundation of the church. How many believe we ought to be built on the solid ground, on the truth, not just what people think? There are only two sources that you can build your life on, what God said and what men said. And I think it's obvious which one you want. But people are confused about this. A lot of people are saying this is what God says, but you can't find it in the Bible. So we, we've been in, in some detail about that, and, and I've said, you know, kind of half humorously, if you don't like one of these messages or services, come back and try us again, and the other one may be very different. And uh, uh, I, I have no set curriculum that I go by. Uh, I endeavor to pray and hear from the Lord about what's appropriate. And sometimes I've had people say, boy, I mean, you, whew, you, what'd you, you, you must take some courage to preach on that. Well... I got a job to do, right? I mean, if the Lord gives it to you, then uh, you're supposed to do it. And uh, if if we say something that's kind of where you are and and means some correction, understand our heart. uh, We're not saying that you're not a good person. All of us need to make corrections, right? And uh, and we love you, and we're not claiming that we haven't made any mistakes. I mean, but, but if you have a desire to get closer to God, then you want to hear the truth. Amen. And if that shows up that you got the problem and you need to make a change, well, then so be it. Say it out loud, why don't you? I love the truth. I I want the truth. truth. But but understand, please, what we're saying. uh, We're we're not saying that we got it together uh, and and somebody else doesn't. Man, uh, I've made plenty of mistakes. Everybody in here has. But I'm not looking back like the Apostle Paul. I'm looking forward. I'm reaching forth toward those things that are ahead. In James, the first chapter, and the twelfth verse, James 1, how many believe in the Lord with me for utterance this morning? I ask you to. James 1, and verse 12, James 1, 12, says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. Now, what would be the opposite of enduring temptation? It'd be giving in to temptation, yielding to temptation. Let me just stop right here. Temptation comes to everybody. There is no such thing as a Christian that's gotten to a place where they're no longer tempted. Jesus himself was tempted. Isn't that right? Tempted. I mean, you see that in the book of Luke chapter 4. You see that in the book of Hebrews. He was tempted in all points, the Bible said, just like us. Yet, without sin, what that means is he didn't give in to it. The Bible uses the phrase entering into temptation. So it comes, it'll pull, it can pull on you, but do you have to enter into it? Do you have to do it? No, you don't. Keep reading. He said, blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. 
Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. Well, that's real plain, isn't it? Nobody should say, God tempted me to do wrong. God pulled on me. That's totally contrary to his nature. He's a good God. Now, God himself, uh, the Father God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, sitting on the throne, do you believe he is tempted to do evil? No. And he is not tempting people to do bad and do wrong. A lot of things that people attribute to God simply did not come from God, had nothing to do with him. Problems have to do with human nature and the enemy. There is an enemy in the earth. And he is a tempter, isn't he? And he will tempt you to do wrong. But here's the other good news. He cannot make you do wrong. That's good news. You know, the the comedian popularized that phrase years ago, the devil made me do it. And people laugh, but you know, there are people using that as a defense in court. Hmm? Yeah, and getting off of stuff too. The devil made me do it. I heard voices. I had feelings. I couldn't help myself. I've even talked to Christians, I mean numerous times, and they just threw up their hands and said, I just, I couldn't help it. It just was bigger than I was. Next thing I knew, I was doing it. Is that true? Well, what's our phrase? Where's the scripture? Huh? Is it true? Because if, if that's true, that temptation and, and pull on these things can be so great that we can't say no, we can't resist then, man, that's a disturbing thought. We're not in control. We can't help ourselves. But that's not true. For the Christian, I said for the Christian, we've been born again. We've got the new nature inside us. We've got the nature of God. The man on the inside can be strong and control the urges of the outer man. You can say no. You can put it down can resist. You can put it under. Anybody agree with that? That's what the scripture teaches. Keep reading. He said, God, let nobody say when they're tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man, but every man. How many people is like this? Every person. Of course, ladies, you understand in the scripture when it says man, it's talking about both male men and female men. Man has a, uh, uh, the creation of God. Every person is tempted when he or she, we could say, is drawn away of their own lust and enticed. The devil can't just tempt us without us being involved. He has to find something to, to hook on to. It's kind of like hanging up a coat. You can't hang up a coat unless there's something to hang it on. Right? A a post, a peg, something, somewhere for that thing to hang on. And the enemy cannot lure you and pull you and tempt you unless he finds a desire in you. 
that he can deal with. And he said, every man is tempted when he's drawn away or pulled away. Actually, the literal word is dragged. Dragged away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. The Lord doesn't tell us not to sin just because he wants to spoil our fun. Sin kills. Now, it might not kill you physically the day you do it, but it begins to work death in you. Death in your insides, death in your body, death in your mind. And uh, you, you, you continue in it, and it will kill and, and destroy different parts of your life. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have missed it. But thank God there's forgiveness. And how many believe that you don't just have to live a lifestyle of sin as a Christian? You don't have to just sin in the morning and sin in the afternoon, sin in the evening. You can resist, can't you? If you do make a mistake and mess up, you can repent and thank God He'll forgive you. You can stand up clean again, but you can go for days and days and days and not give in. How many believe that? You can go for weeks and months and not give in. Jesus went His whole life and didn't give in. Somebody said, yeah, but that's Jesus. Yeah, but He didn't do it as God. The Bible said He, he became like other men. He, he didn't do this with an unfair advantage as being God. He laid aside, one translation says of Philippians, he laid aside his mighty weight and glory and power and became like other men. And he did it as a man, proving you could do it. Jesus should be your hero. I said he should be your hero. He should be your example. Every day you should be thinking, I want to be just like Jesus. Amen. And if you measure yourself by him at the end of the day and you didn't quite measure up, well, don't get down. There's another day. Amen. And just repent and just set your goal higher. Never take any man or woman that you know and, and love, a, a minister or a, a fellow Christian that you believe that walks a, a high standard. Never take any man or woman that you know and set them up as your standard that I want to be just like them. You're shooting too low. Not anybody. Come on, lift your sights on up a little bit higher. Yes, Amen. Amen. Who do you want to be just like when you grow up? Jesus. That was weak. Let me ask you again. Who do you want to be just like when you grow up? Jesus. 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 Now notice the process here. How this thing works. He said, everybody's tempted when they are drawn away of their own lust. Now the word lust... People get, when, when they hear that word, they usually think of sexual impropriety. And that's such a small part of what this word means. The word lust just simply means desire. Strong desire. It means a longing. You long for something. You want something. And desires can be good or bad. How I many know the scripture told us to covet earnestly? The best gifts. Right? Are you supposed to long for God and desire His things? That's, that's a good longing. That's a good desire. But are there things you're not supposed to long for? Yes, there are. Can Christians have wrong longings? Yeah, they can. It's because when we got born again, 
It wasn't the outer man that got born again. It was the inner man. Right? And you still got this body. And this body still wants to do the same things that Joe Sinner wants to do that didn't get saved. Because it's the same kind of body. You can't trust your flesh any further than you can throw it. Do you know what I mean by that? Oh, your body will want to do things that you're not supposed to do. That's why the scripture says that we are to get our mind renewed. Amen. And we're to offer our body a living sacrifice. Paul said, I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. We got to do something with this body. We have to take a, a responsibility in controlling the urges and the appetites. I mean, just take eating, for instance. I mean, uh, a desire for good food. That's not a sin. But how many know you can let it get away from you? Huh? You can, you can, you know, get to the point where you think you've got to eat all the time and, and just stuff yourself and, 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 and be gluttonous and, and not know when to control yourself. I mean, it's a good, it's all right to yield to that desire to eat, but it's got to be controlled. The desire to sleep. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with wanting a good nap. Nothing wrong with enjoying a good sleep. But you can get, people get to the place where they, they won't get up and go to work. I know Phyllis one time was working, overseeing some people in some offices and interviewing. And uh, uh, they, this one lady came in and wanted her to cast out the spirit of slumber <laughs> out of her. Because <laughs> she just couldn't, uh, couldn't get to work. She's supposed to be at work at 8 and show up at noon. Because this spirit of slumber just got on her. And she couldn't wake up and get out of well. I've had other people tell me similar things. One thing I asked them, these two ladies were telling me one time they couldn't make it to church on time. And they wanted me to pray for them and, and cast this old spirit of slumber off of them. And I said, well, I said, what time did y'all go to bed Saturday night? Well, they looked like I'd slapped them. They said, what's that got to do with it? I said, well, just answer the question. What time? Well, we stayed up late about 2 or 3 in the morning. I said, probably watching TV. They said, mm-hmm. I said, well... Let's just do this before we pray and before we go through all that. Just next Saturday night, go to bed about 8.30. <laughs> and see if, if you have more strength to get up on time. <laughs> it's amazing how people, you know, they, they want to hyper-spiritualize everything and, and just act ignorant. But, uh, of course, you never acted that way. And, but people are, are tempted when they are pulled of their own strong desires. Everybody say desires. desires. Now the title of my message this morning is Dealing with Desires. Turn with me please to Genesis the third chapter. Let's look at some things. Dealing with Desires. Go back to the beginning of the book, and you'll see how this whole thing got started and how this whole thing got messed up, and it has to do with uncontrolled desires. Genesis, the third chapter, you know the story about how God made everything, and He made Adam and Eve, and He put them in the garden. And he showed them the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he warned them. And he said, uh, 
don't take of the fruit of that tree. Because if you do, you'll die. Now, isn't it interesting that out of all the trees and all the wonderful things that they had, next thing you know, here they are standing around looking at this one they're not supposed to have. And that is, uh, especially since the fall, the nature of the flesh. Anybody can be pulled out of curiosity, and then the enemy tries to pull on their desire just like he did them before the fall. But even so, have you ever found in your life a desire in you for something that you knew you weren't supposed to have? I got five honest people in here. It's, yeah. Now, get this straight. Now, friends, every Christian, every saint of God, I don't care how holy they may be or how holy they may walk, every saint of God has found in their mind and in their emotions, thoughts and feelings that were unholy and wrong and ungodly. But you need to recognize the source of those pullings and yield to the ones that are right, but resist the ones that are wrong. And if it's wrong today, resist it today. If it's wrong tomorrow, resist it tomorrow. And even though you may have to resist it a hundred times in a day, if it was wrong in the morning, it's still wrong in the evening. Keep resisting. Keep, keep saying, no, I'm not giving in to that. I'm, that's not right. And we live in a society that is absolutely plagued. There is an epidemic in our generation and in the church of people who are yielding to wrong appetites. There is an epidemic of people who are feeding on pornography. It's so rampant on the internet and, and in the, there's so much uh, nudity and there's so much uh, of these kind of suggestive things and, and programs and, and books and, and movies without realizing that people are feeding wrong desires. And so they get stronger and stronger and stronger. And so you've got all these things happening of people being unfaithful and people uh, getting involved with people they're not married with. And, and the list goes on and, and on and on. And not just people that are doing things, but people that are tormented with these desires. How many understand it's not a blessing to everybody you look at, you just have sexual thoughts about them? Hmm? That's not right, is it? You ought to be able to look at people and just see them as a human being. Amen? And you ought not be tormented half your time because of not being satisfied in some way. Now, this is not just on the physical side. I mean, there are people that are tormented because they don't have a certain car that they want. They're tormented because they don't have a certain kind of house. Tormented because they don't have that position or that place in their, at the workplace. Unfulfilled desire is tormenting. And yet there are people who feel like that they're helpless to these desires. I wish I wasn't like that, but I am. No, nobody just is that way. You became that way. Now, if you became that way, if you came from not being that way to being that way, you could go the other direction too. And there's good news. 
You can be free from tormenting unfulfilled desire. Anybody excited about that at all? You should be. And like I said, you know, don't don't sit there with a holier than thou thou look like you've never had to deal with wrong desires. Say it out loud. Everybody Everybody has to deal deal with wrong desires. desires. Everybody. Everybody has to. Now, in Genesis, you see how this thing works. Genesis 3, God told them not to eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil. And in verse 6, notice how this thing works. When the woman saw, everybody say saw. She's looking at something. She saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to what? To the eyes. So she's looking. Is she supposed to be be out there looking at this tree? Hmm? No. But she is. And the more she looks, the more she wants to look. Right? You know, we can save ourselves so many so many problems by not putting ourselves in the place of temptation. Do you know, let's say you're trying to lose a few pounds and you love cookies or ice cream. It's just so much easier to not go down the ice cream aisle. Right? At the grocery store. Isn't it? Because if you go by there, you may want to look and see what new flavor they got. Right? And while you're browsing around looking at the flavors, you may decide, well, I'm just going to put a little, a little can, a little container in there. And if you take it home, how many of it's easier to pass the grocery store than it is the refrigerator? Hmm? Because you're going to go by there every day. And people subject themselves to unnecessary temptation. And sometimes by trying to act like that they're stronger than they are. If the Lord delivered you from some habit or bondage, you don't need to act like that that wasn't a stronghold in your life. Let's say you were an alcoholic and you had major problems with drinking and the Lord delivers you from alcohol. I mean, you you have memories of your drinking and of, of that strong desire for that drink. And if you're coming by a place and you see a liquor store and thoughts cross your mind and you feel pulled, well, then it might behoove you if it's three miles out of the way to just not pass that liquor store. Right? Now, say, people say, well, I'm stronger than that. Listen, don't play games with these things. Don't subject yourself to unnecessary temptation. You know, the scripture says in Proverbs, the, the father is warning his, his sons about the wayward woman. I believe it's Proverbs 5 or so. And he says, listen to this, don't go near the door of her house. What does that mean? Don't go down that street. Don't go to that part of town. Right? You just, you just things you never have to deal with if you don't put yourself in that kind of temptation. Let me tell you a story, a true story, of a man that I ministered two years ago. He was an attorney, very successful. And uh, he had a, a major drinking problem. And I mean, over the course of years, even though he had a huge 
uh, law practice, very successful. His drinking affected his abilities and his relationships to the point where he destroyed his, his practice. He destroyed his marriage. He destroyed his relationship with his daughters. I mean, over the course of years, how many understand sin will destroy things? And he's at the place where he's been in and out of these places where you're supposed to get help to keep drinking and come out drinking three or four times. And he just had his wits in. He's ready to take his own life. And he wound up under our ministry for a while. Well, he began to get some word and faith in him. And at the end of a couple of weeks, I laid hands on him and prayed for him. And he said, he told me later, he said, it felt like that a band just broke from off of him. And he lost that, that craving. God can do some supernatural things like that. But that's not all there is to it. You still have a will. You still have a desire. I felt impressed by the Spirit. I took him by the hand and I got right up in his face. And I said, now brother, I said, do you remember the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis? Anybody remember Joseph? How that, you know, they sold him and, and put him in that pit and sold him as a slave to Potiphar. And, and then Potiphar's wife decides she wants him. You remember that? And so she keeps... You know, pulling on him, trying to uh, tempt him every day. And as it goes on, finally, one day she just laid hold of him and said, be with me. And what did he do? Anybody remember? What did he do? He ran out of his coat. <laughs> Didn't he? How many stand there? There's times when it ain't time to sit on the side of the bed and talk about it. <laughs> it gets to the place where you, got, you need to get out of the house. You, you may need to get out of the county. Right? Get gone. Don't don't talk. Don't play. Don't linger. Go. Run. If you really knew what was going on, you'd realize you're running for your life. Run. I told him, I said, if you get in a situation where you're around drinking, you may need to do just like what Joseph did. You begin to feel pulled. I said, if you have to, get up, run. I don't care. Forget about what they think. Get up and run out of that place. He kind of nodded. I shook him. I said, are you listening to me? I said, if you have to, get up and run. He said, okay, okay. I said, you better listen. Well, he didn't. He was free for months. Began to get things back together. His practice began to come back some. And he got out with some of his, his associates. And they were, they were drinking and had all these mixed drinks around. And he just sat there and watched them and listened and looked. See, that's what they were doing at the, at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Just standing around there looking. Right? That's how it starts. I mean, that's what I went out one day looking at some new cars. And I was standing there. What are you laughing about? And uh, the salesman came out and he said, can I help you? I said, I'm just looking. He said, that's how it starts. Everybody say, that's how it starts. Yeah, good things are bad things, right? That's how it starts. Well, this fellow, bless his heart, he was, uh, he was hanging around there. And next thing you know, he knocks back a few. Well, I can take a drink, you know, and it's not going to hurt me. And he took another and another. Next thing you know, he's drunk out of his mind for two weeks, had a stroke. Last time I saw him was, was paralyzed in a chair. 
See, the Lord knew that. So sometimes people think, well, you know, just one more time. I got away with it for several times when I was out in the world. Yeah, but you know more now. And God, and God's protected you from the other when you were so ignorant. The devil's just looking for one more time with some of these things. Just one more time may be the last one. No, friends, t- temptation is a serious matter. Now, something I want you to understand, how things develop. All of us have desires. But why do some people seem tormented by them and others it's not that big of a problem? It's because some people feed these wrong desires and other people starve them. Hmm? It's kind of like a stray cat. It's true. I mean, the you know, lust and desire is kind of like that. It'll just come along like an old stray alley cat. And I understand it's no good for you to go buy some of this... Uh, a gourmet cat food and put three cans in a big dish and, and give it to the cat and say, now, kitty, you can't stay. <laughs> I don't want you here. I don't want you to be a part of my life. Here. You, you can't stay. Does that work? No. what happens? You have a new cat. Huh? And yet you got people day after day feeding this cat. Now six months later, he's 20 pounds sitting on their chest, licking them in the face. And they're going, you can't stay here, kitty. I don't want you. I don't want you, kitty. Here, have some more. Hmm? Now that sounds... Foolish, but that's exactly what people are doing. They're saying, I don't want these desires, but then they feed them. They're feeding them through what they're looking at, through what they're hearing, through what they're talking about. They feed them. I mean, it works in every area. We're talking about cars a minute ago. I mean, you you could not even be thinking about a car. But if you go start looking... And then you get to brochures. And you get online. Huh? And you take a test drive. And you take the brochures home. And you you get online with those interactive things where you can make it whatever color you want it. Huh? What starts happening to you? (laughs) You start wanting it. Right? And you start wanting it more. And more, and the more you feed that, the more you want it. That's why you need to realize there are times and seasons for things. There are times in your life when it's not time for a new car. Hmm? You need to pay something off. You need to sow more to the things of the Lord. Right? So if you're smart, you won't torment yourself. You just won't feed that. Somebody said, well, let's go look. You said, now, I don't need to look right now. That's a smart Christian. Huh? Well, here, let me, let me show you this. Let me show you this brochure. No, that's all right. I don't need to look right now. And you need to be honest about where you're at. And what's going on. There is a time to look. And there's a time not to. But with things concerning wrong desires, there's never a time to feed that. And if something is tormenting you and vexing you in your life, it didn't get that strong 
by itself. You have to first of all admit you fed it. Are you with me now? Are you listening? You first of all you got to repent and you got to admit I have fed this thing by watching things I shouldn't have watched. By listening to things I should. I mean, all of us. Have there been things that you saw in a movie that you wish you'd never seen? Hmm? It came back to your mind. Again, I mean, years later, that thing came back to your mind and you just have to cast it down. Well, it'd have been so much easier if you just had never seen it. You'd never had to deal with it. That's why we need to be led. I said we need to be led by what we put in front of our eyes. Notice what, what they're doing, Adam and Eve, standing out here looking at this thing. Eve's thinking, well, that looks pretty good to me. I don't know why God said we couldn't have this. It really looks good. And the more she looked at it, the better it looked. Man, that is really pleasant to the eyes. And it is desirable. Now, now what's happening? You're looking and it's feeding that desire. That desire is getting stronger. And guess who shows up then? Hmm? The one, the enemy who entices. And then you're on his channel already. He says, yeah, don't that look pretty? You know, man, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> How could anything that, that feels so wonderful inside be wrong? He's slick. He, he's subtle. He's deceptive. If you're smart, what will you do? That's right. Ten people were listening. What do you do? Hook them up. Go. Run. Get away. Why? Because your life could be in danger. Your marriage could be in danger. Your home could be in danger. Your, your business, your, your ministry could be in danger. I don't know how many ministers I know of have just absolutely ruined their ministry by yielding to the flesh. And somebody said, how could they do that? Well, how could you? Well, I've never done that. But you've done something similar. Only way you could, you could be haughty about it is to say, I've never sinned. I've never given in to temptation. Nobody here can say that. Right? The problem with ministers is that they're like you. <laughs> right? They got, they got flesh just like you do. And they got desires just like you do. But we're supposed to control them and not feed them. Are you with me so far? Finish reading this and we'll go to another verse. I'll try to wind up pretty quick. He said... The woman looked at it. She saw it was good for food. She saw it was pleasant to the eyes. A tree to be desired to make one wise. And then what happened? She took of the fruit thereof. And did eat and gave also to her husband with her. And he did eat. And man, the whole thing was messed up. Don't you wish that it just left the tree alone? All the terrible things that are in this planet today because people yielding to wrong desires. People are trying, psychologists and psychiatrists and these people doing all these studies are trying to figure out if there's any connection between violence in the media and people committing acts of violence. If there's any connection between all this pornography and people committing these sins and the, uh, these crimes in these areas. We're not sure. Oh, are you kidding me? How dense can you be? If you watch shooting night and day, night and day, you're going to begin to see yourself shooting. It's a spiritual principle that God has put inside us. Whatever you behold, you become. 
And this is supposed to be used for good. We're supposed to put our nose in the Bible and see Jesus. Amen. And the more we look at him, we start becoming like him. The more we're supposed to, you know, begin to take on the good characteristics of people that we fellowship with. The Bible says evil communications corrupt good manners. Proverbs says he that walks with wise men, though, will be wise. Does it make any difference who you hang around? It does. You may not like to think so, but you'll start taking on their characteristics. Why? Because it's in front of you. What you said out loud, what you behold, you become. See, it's a spiritual law. What you behold, 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, is a good place to look at this. What you behold, you become. Now, turn with me, please, to 1 Corinthians, the tenth chapter. 1 Corinthians, chapter 10. If something is too strong in you, if it's bothering you, if it's tormenting you, first you've got to admit how it got that way. How did this cat get to be 20 pounds? Right? This thing that is sitting on my chest, smothering me. Right? I mean, it's, you know, we're laughing and that's a humorous example, but it's not funny in life. I'm telling you, there are people that are miserable and, and they've been born again. They go to church. But they are so miserable in their life because they are tormented with this unfulfilled desire for whatever it may be. First off, you have to admit and repent. How did this get this way? I've been watching things I shouldn't watch. I've been listening to things I shouldn't listen to. I've been talking about and thinking about things I should not. And that's how this has gotten this strong. Well, if the cat got to be 20 pounds by feeding it, Regularly and too much, how can we get him slimmed down? Huh? Pull the feed. Is that right? Pull it away. Starve it. Everybody say starve it. Starve it. Now, now I know we've talked about one or two areas repeatedly, but listen, you, you can want money too much. Hmm? I mean, God wants you to be blessed, but you understand, He doesn't want you to want anything or anybody more than you want Him. That's right. Hmm? Amen. Things shouldn't fill your mind. I know one of the first uh, new cars that we got, I was so glad about it. I I enjoy a good car. Maybe you can tell that. And uh, I was polishing this thing for the 40th time. And uh, it takes time to do all this. And I was out there spending the third hour on this rig, and the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me I knew distinctly. He said, son, if you don't quit spending so much time with this thing, I'm going to regret I let you have it. You know, God's a jealous God. The Bible uses this word with a capital J. Look it up. Doesn't mean he, don't, he doesn't mind you having all kind of stuff. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have all. To, you can't be a blessing if you don't have anything. But he doesn't want anything or anybody to preoccupy your thoughts and your desires and push him out and put him in second or third place. 
How many understand we ought to want God? That was weak. I said we, we ought to want Him. Amen. We ought to want Him. Isn't that what the scripture said? Love the Lord your God. How? All your heart. All your soul. All your mind. All your strength. And when you hunger and you thirst after righteousness, what's going to happen? You're going to be filled, he said. I mean, godly hunger is a good thing. We ought to pray. We ought to get around other people that's hungrier than we are. So it'll get off on us. Amen. Hunger is a sign of health, isn't it? I mean, when you have absolutely no appetite physically, that's a bad sign. And spiritually, it's the same way. When you never want to read your Bible, you don't want to pray, you don't want to praise God, you don't want to be in a good meeting, that's an indicator you've got problems spiritually. You're not in good health. Because when you're in good health, you have an increasing desire. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And when He's good and you taste, you want some more. I said, you want some more. And the more you get, the more you want. And hallelujah, there's more to have. So what must we do? We must feed the good desires and starve the bad ones. And even though it seems like they're so strong, they're just overpowering you and running your life. And listen, it works that way. You feed it, the desire gets stronger. You do it long enough, you'll start doing it. You'll start acting on it. Now listen, I don't care what you've done, how depraved it may have been, God still loves you. And we still love you. I doubt you could tell me anything that shocked me. We've been in the ministry for a while. We've seen and heard a lot of things. But listen, the, the thing is not what has happened. That's, that's already happened. You can't change that. But what are you going to do today? Do you believe that you can be free from these tormenting desires? How many believe that? You can be free. What do we got to do? Starve it. I said starve it. First Corinthians, are you there? Isn't that where I told you to go? Yeah. Asked you to go. First Corinthians, the 10th chapter. I think I'm closing. You don't want me to shortchange you, do you? First Corinthians 10 and verse 13. This is good news. I like good news. First Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, does that mean that you are experiencing something unique that nobody else understands? No. Other people have dealt with the same kind of things. But God is faithful. Oh, I like that. Don't you want you to say that out loud? God is faithful. Now, we know He's faithful in all kind of areas, but this is a specific area. He's faithful to help you in temptation. There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful. He will not suffer you. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able. That's good news. Listen to the living on that. The living translation. He said, remember this. Wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new or different. Many others have faced exactly the same problems before you. Get this. And no temptation is irresistible. The devil will try to tell you that it is. Well, it's just too strong. You can't help it. This thing's just bigger than you are. 
Are you people in, that are getting off? Well, this is bigger than the both of us. No, no, no. You're wanting to give in. But you don't have to. I said you don't have to. He said you can trust God. Can you? You can trust God to keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. He has promised this and will do what he says. That's good news, friend. That's something to praise God about. I don't care how strong it feels. I don't care if all these thoughts and these feelings are are pummeling your mind and your consciousness. You do not have to give in. Nothing is so strong that can come against you that God won't allow it to be stronger than what you can say no to. He said so right here. He's faithful. Everybody say faithful. He's faithful. But now that doesn't mean that you're not struggling and having to deal with something. But if you want to make it easy on yourself, let's get this desire weakened down. How many say you you starve something long enough, it gets to where it can't hardly stand. Right? It's not strong enough to, to, to cause you much problem. Oh, you, Yeah, it may come up, but you can easily put it down. But it didn't get strong overnight, and it may not get weak overnight. But if you just keep starving it, and keep starving it, and keep starving it, it'll get weaker and weaker and weaker until you'll go days at a time, not even think about it. And then when it comes up, you'll just put it down. Amen? Because you're getting stronger on the inside, and you're weakening these desires on the outside. What Practical, where the rubber hits the road. When it comes time, something comes on TV, and you know there's going to be some things on there you don't need to see, what do you do? Turn it off, change your channel. If you have to, get up and run out of the room. Right? If it's some publication, if it's something you're reading, because all these images and things are all around us. If you have to, pull aside. Get out on your back porch and get your Bible out. What a novel thought. (laughs) I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Turn it off. Pull away, separate. And this is not just you trying to be holy, holy. It's you, for one thing, making it easy on yourself. Amen? Starving these things until they become weaker, weaker, weaker. Until it's not tormenting you. It's not a problem. And you're thinking about Jesus most of the time instead of that. How many like that? Praise God. Close your eyes and just lift up your hand before the Lord. Let me pray over you. Father, I know you wouldn't have me to say this and teach on this unless this was really something that you want to minister to your people this morning. And people are are hurting and people are in torment with unsatisfied and strong, wrong desires. So, Lord, uh, let me just lead you. Everybody say it out loud. Lord, we repent. We We admit admit. uh, it's wrong. wrong. And we, we repent. For feeding feeding wrong desires desires until they've become strong, strong. we're asking you, you, help us, us, alert us us, all through the day and night, night. what to shut off, off, what to cut off, off, what to turn away from, what to to throw out, what to to burn, what to to throw away, and to separate ourselves from these things and help us strengthen us give us strength in our inner man and enable us to starve these desires 
until they become so weak that they no longer torment us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just praise Him a little bit. Just thank Him out of your own heart for giving you victory and giving you freedom in these areas, helping you so that we are free, free, free from all these things. Free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Say it out loud, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from all these things. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God.